Welcome. Come on in. Pull up a stool. And let me pour you a drink. And let's talk a little noir at the bar. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Noir at the Bar, where you get to hear some of your favorite authors reading from their books and short stories. Now, this season, our guest readers are authors that are going to be attending the Left Coast Crime in Seattle, April 11th to 14th. So not only do you get to hear them on the show here, you can go visit them, meet them, and maybe get a book signed. Well, this, actually, this next guy, you know, we've been doing this, like this show's been on 12 years, and we do 200 shows a year. And I always like to keep independents coming on the show, you know, at least one or two a week. Uh, right through, and, and it's because of writers like this next guy, because every, you know, one or two of that, year when you get the independents that actually write that do an incredible job they come out of nowhere and they just self-do it themselves and he's also the winner of the 2023 best indie book award and crime thriller so we're i'm pleased to have him michael balter and he's going to be reading from chasing money hello michael hi al thank you for having me uh to tell you a little bit about the book before i start to read it's um, it's a crime thriller, as you said. It's basically about two business partners who are with a uh, with a struggling startup, and they have a third partner, um, and they probably should have vetted this partner a little bit better. Um, and when they attend a pitch meeting, um, their partner gets murdered right in front of them, and um, that basically starts a desperate search for $10 million and a mysterious missing painting. Um, I will be reading from um, the first uh, opening pages of, uh, of the book. Chapter 1, Monday evening, the pitch meeting. There's a line in a country song that goes, chase after the dream, don't chase after the money. Well, I'm here to tell you that's wrong. Screw the dream, chase the money. Always chase the money. It's what Bo Bishop and I have been doing in one form or another for several years now. Raising capital, building runway, stocking angels, bootstrapping are all the same thing. Convincing someone kind, generous, greedy, or stupid to fund your ambition to become rich. The trick here is not to find someone with money, but rather to find someone with throwaway money or someone who wants to make throwaway money also called an angel investor. Raising capital is a trial for every entrepreneur. There are outliers who manage to bag investor money as if it were a pizza delivery because they have the genius, the credentials, or the connections to underwrite their venture. For most of us, however, it's an endless, soul-destroying process of begging the privilege to keep the doors open while the world works hard to keep them shut. That's how Bo and I came to be in a shabby little wood cabin about 20 miles west of Mount Hood, strapped to cheap chrome kitchen chairs, our hands taped behind our backs and our ankles taped to the chair legs. We were terrified and tractable. Nico, our silent partner and the reason for everything that happened, was there as well, one of the rare times he elected to join us on a potential investor pitch. His hands and feet were taped like bows and mine. The chairs sat side by side on top of a blue painter's tarp rolled out over the cabin's wood floor. 
It was a fishing cabin, purposely not fancy, with a slight smell of wet tent. A couple of antler mounts hung on paneled walls between a mounted shotgun and two old fishing rods crossed like swords. A faded U.S. flag was nailed to the stone fireplace. Much of the Sears catalog furniture had been moved about to make room for the tarp and the chairs. A bald, beefy guy with more fat than muscle stood over us. His fleshy, tattooed fingers fiddled with a large roll of black gorilla tape he'd used to strap us down. It must have been a tough job tying our hands and feet, because he was breathing heavily through his mouth and his face, a boxer's face with a nose that had seen more than its share of punishment, was shiny with sweat. Another big guy with more muscles than fat, dark oily hair and squinty eyes, and a stern face, stood a couple of feet back, waving a Beretta 9mm like a baton. Not that I knew it was a Beretta 9mm. That came later. Jesus Christ, Nico cried for the third time after the fat guy finished taping him to the chair. In response to Nico, the guy holding the Beretta barked back in a thick Irish brogue, shut up. And then one more word and this baby goes off in the mouth that speaks. He shook the nine millimeter in case we didn't understand what this baby referenced. He took a giant step back as he spoke, moving past what I guessed he calculated was the periphery of any potential blood spatter. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Or the gun. We were in serious trouble and none of us knew why. This disconnect, the, the complete detachment of the why from the what, caused our panic. Tied to that chair, I fixated on breathing evenly and squeezing my bladder. Oddly, at that moment, the possibility of being shot by a stranger in a dingy cabin for an unknown reason carried a lower priority with me than the embarrassment of possibly pissing myself. We tumbled into the mess by driving to Rhododendron, a touristy village located halfway up Mount Hood. We'd been led to believe we would meet with an interested in venture capitalist from out of town. On our first and only phone call, the investor told me he was renting a cabin for the week and was looking to get some quick business done between trout fishing excursions. Bo and I figured he was a small fund manager looking for a way to write off the expense of a fly fishing trip to Oregon. He'd been cryptic on the phone, but that was not unusual for private equity guys who get tagged regularly by scroungers like us looking for money. The wood floor creaked as the fat guy shifted his weight and stretched out his right knee. Then, blessedly, the screen door behind us opened and slammed shut, breaking the silence with the same loud clap made by screen doors in cabins everywhere. Another guy, slim but sturdy, walked in and stood in front of us. He leaned slightly forward like he was battling a headwind. His appearance rattled me even further. His face was too immature for the rest of him. He looked like a teenager trying on his father's clothes. Black cashmere sports jacket, faded clean jeans, crisp white shirt, big watch, nice shoes. He looked exactly like someone we expected to meet, expected to pitch our investor deck to, but much younger. And we wouldn't be bound to chairs. 
He scanned us with dark, dead eyes and a chilling calm like he was examining a fast food menu. I couldn't look at him directly. His mannequin-like face oozed malice. So instead, I focused on the resolute Irishman with the Beretta, watching it swing ever so slightly. After a cruel minute of continuing the oppressive silence, the new guy took a deep breath and said, Thank you for coming. At which point, the Irishman dropped his hand to his side, aiming the 9mm at the floor. I thought I'd pass out. Excellent. Thank you. That was that was incredible. Listen, uh, where do you get the details for these characters from? Is that, is, it sounds like you've lived through this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was um, I was an entrepreneur for about uh, twenty years. Uh, I was first a technologist, uh, and then uh, that was for my, the first half of my career. In the second half, I was an entrepreneur. Um, so I raised capital and. Uh, and a lot of the characters in the book are based on um, either people that I not people that I, I I've known or met or uh, heard about. Um, so I, I tend to base my characters on um, on real folks as much as possible. Ooh. Hopefully, they don't have your phone number. No, no just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I fictionalize them enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing you in, uh, you know, Seattle Shakedown for Left Coast Crime in April. I'm really looking forward, and I'm looking forward to meeting everybody on this podcast. This has been a production of the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our show, guests, or hosts, go to our website at houseofmysteryradio.com. 